It's time to start over with confidence, find your purpose, and impact the world. Welcome to the Inspirational Visions Starting Over podcast with inspiring conversations, incredible journeys, and powerful messages from entrepreneurs, authors, and people who are just making a difference by sharing their courage, purpose, and authenticity. I'm your host, an author, and spiritual life coach, Mary Markham. If you're starting over and struggling with feeling stuck, questioning everything, and or looking to deepen your faith, contact me at mary at maryamarkham.com for support and guidance along your starting over journey. Subscribe today and let's start over impacting the world together one story at a time. Today's episode is brought to you by author and book coach, Brenda E. Cortez. Brenda helps others fulfill their dream of writing and publishing a book. Whether you are looking to write a nonfiction, memoir, or children's book, or you need a co-writer, contact Brenda at brenda at howltheowl.com to make your writing dreams come true. Are you struggling with your teen? Do they feel valued? Are you frustrated? Today's guest is a repeat guest, Jessica Hartwig. But today she's going to talk about the value of your teen. She's going to talk about the difference between knowing and not knowing your child's love language and just the importance of the element of knowing how their brain develops and the different stages through their ages that they go through and why. If you're curious, keep listening. Well, today's guest, I'm super excited. We're going to have this awesome conversation with Jessica Hartwig, and we're going to be talking about love language. We have been talking about that for some time, but this is going to be a little different because we're going to be sharing the difference between knowing and not knowing the love language, especially with teens. I think that's such an important topic. So how are you today, Jessica? I'm great, Mary. Thank you so much for having me on your show a second time. It's such a pleasure to be with you. And it's such a pleasure to be with you again, Jessica. So tell me a little bit about um, why the love language is so important to you. Well, I would say that most recently I've shared with you how raising my teenage daughter has been difficult as awesome as she is in personality and strengths and her academics. There has been this period of time that's been more of a challenge than any other time in my parenting her. And I'm married to a man for over 23 years. We have a 17 year old daughter and one child very focused on her. And the experience in the last year has been the toughest that we've experienced in raising her. And so I think raising a teen, especially in this time and day and age is an important topic to talk about, whether you wanna get into the clinical side of it or just simply focus on the love languages and the daily routines and the daily supportive approaches. I think it's an important topic and I'm excited to share what you think and, and sort of bounce ideas and thoughts and tools back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely an awesome topic and so important, um, especially like you said, during this 
difficult time. You know, I think COVID in itself has so many um, challenges for us as human beings. And then you've got the dynamic of what teens go through, you know, body changes, hormones, and then uh, oh, the mental health. There's so many different assessments um, for personality, but we really want to tap into a little bit more of that love language, especially with teens. So speaking of that, Jessica, what is your daughter's love language? Well, her love language is primarily touch. And funny story is that I was speaking with someone else in a conversation and I caught myself saying, well, she thinks she's touch, but she's not touch. She's really the language of quality time. And as I said that, I thought, how could I possibly be saying that? Why am I assuming what her love language is when she is telling me and has told me in the past that she is touch? And when you look at the five love languages that were written in the book by Dr. Chapman, usually there's one that stands out. So how could I have assumed something? So it dawned on me that it was time to maybe reassess what our love languages were in our home and ensure that she is still touch at 17. And she was. And when we in our home started to really shift back into that and, and many other things that I'd love to share, I have since seen a change in our connection and in how she behaves and in the decision she makes in the world. Wow. That's powerful that you noticed this big shift. Uh, it has been, and it is, and it's a really strong reminder for me of how important love is. You know, there are two emotions in this world, love and fear, and many emotions come out of love. And then there's many emotions and behaviors that come out of fear. And I tend to want to focus on love in all my decisions. If I'm making a decision and it's coming out of love, it's usually going to end in a positive result or at least be intentional for the right reasons. I don't want to approach her with fear anymore of how am I going to handle this? I don't know what to do because there is big worry in parenting. You've parented too. Yeah. So how do we switch it, move from the fear and go back into the love and the support that our kids need? Well, we talk about like the healing happens in the loving, right? So right. when we approach everything from a loving standpoint, uh, focus lens, then it's naturally going to, um, like the fear will dissipate and you focus on that love. So when was that pivotal moment when you recognize her love language? The biggest thing I would say is when I personally started to realize that there may have been a disconnect with her physically because she's physically changing in her preteens, like all kids are, the hormones, the body, the, the, the push away from parents or caregiver because they are becoming this 
or moving toward adulthood and they're getting comfortable with their body and their own skin and may not want the hand holding and the hugs and the kisses and the, the touching like they did before, or if at all, especially with our boys, I've noticed many times, just that boys that are around me, boys that I hear of in friendships through my own, of how hard it is sometimes to connect with our kids, boy or girl, any gender, however they identify. But if you slowly approach that again, I think, and try if they're, especially if they're touch, but what would make them feel loved if it is touch then you need to touch them more if it is acts of kindness then you need to be with them more in um spending time you know so the five um love languages i guess i might help to review as i think about it i don't want to forget it's acts of service receiving gifts quality time words of affirmation and physical touch if your kiddo is words of affirmation and they need that then you probably need to work harder on giving more of that for me it was touch and realizing you know what dad doesn't maybe hug her as much as he used to maybe he needs a hugger more maybe dad you know my husband needs to go in there wake her up in the morning and say good morning and give her a kiss on the cheek what's wrong with that yeah let me ask you do you think and, and this may happen to any of the listeners listeners out there is okay so teen girl growing up body changing now dad who always hugged before now he steps back because ooh my daughter's developed and that's probably not okay so instead of asking for permission i'm just going to back off exactly and there lies the disconnect i think you're totally right yeah so how and, did you address that well maybe it's just what you said asking for permission again mm -hmm. Just like we ask for permission with a stranger that we might meet on the street, a young child, we might say, is it okay if I hug you? May I shake your hand? Especially in the day and age of COVID, we've gotten more used to this, right? Maybe in our own home with our own teens, sometimes we need to say, may I touch you? But more importantly, here's what I think is another really good tool. What do you need? Mm. What yeah. do you need today? It comes down to communication, it comes down to connection and respect of one another. We're still parenting. We're not here to be their best friend, but we can be their support, their, you know, I guess I want to say we can be the person that they can trust to talk to. Yeah, most definitely. Why does that, that doesn't need to go away? They're not going to maybe tell us everything and it, that's okay. But why can't we keep the communication and the trust and the love flowing as much as possible? When you feel it disconnecting, find out what is necessary in your own home to bring that back. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the five love languages and really we need to point out that your child could have multiple love languages. So what they need today might be that touch because of whatever is happening but maybe their other love language is words of affirmation so it's really um knowing which one is really going to fill their heart and you're going to know that by asking and witnessing their actions and words. yeah 
generally we all have one that stands out more than another and that usually kind of sticks with you for your lifetime but to your point each day is a little different right mm -hmm. and so kind of checking in when you feel like you need to there's nothing wrong with that you know and i would point out that there's a website that i have really enjoyed that is five love languages.com so it's the number five love languages.com and again it includes uh, stories and information and resources but it talks about the quizzes there's a quiz that you can take to know what your love language is if you had everyone in your family take that you'd get a very quick assessment that you could evaluate each other on and then of course you could read Dr. Gary Chapman's books. There's many, you know, and he has been on the bestseller list since 2007. So that tells me that there's probably some truth to what's going on with this concept, you know, and I've read it years and years ago, gifted it the book to a friend and realized just in this last difficult year, wait a minute, I think we need to go back and think about this. Yeah, yeah. And like you said earlier, it's, Sometimes like what you learn through that process is you just, oh, of course they can't be that because maybe you're, um, you're acting out your love language instead of understanding theirs. And they're right there again is the disconnect and the communication connection is all off because you're assuming and we shouldn't assume. We just cannot assume especially with our teens, because there's a whole lot going on. Yeah. You know, we know that that's why we're always so fearful of raising teens. Many of us are not everyone. Mm -hmm. I went into it thinking this isn't going to be that difficult. It's going to be just fine. You know, it's just a part of the evolution of life, but it was difficult because of a group of friends that came into her life and that peer pressure and the normal stuff that goes on seeing her make decisions that shocked and surprised us and moving away from what used to be of value to her and it's coming back and we're living in a better place right now and i think it's because you start to really think about what do you value in your home and in your life and connect again in all of those things whatever that means for each one of us so did you guys as a family um, sit down and say, okay, um, I need to, to know what your love language is? Um, or did you just flat out ask her, like, what is it that you need today from us? I mean, how did you go about, like, as listeners are listening to this, like, I'm still in that fear. Oh, this is hard parenting. How would you say you approached her to get to where you are today? That's a great question. I would say you, for us, we just said, hey, this is a concept written by Dr. Chapman that we noticed right away early in our marriage when the book came out that it made sense, that it worked. And, you know, we think your touch, we've talked about it when you were younger, but now let's kind of look at it again. Are you really still touch? You know, is that the truth there? And how can we support each other in a more loving way and stay deeper connected, deep, more deeply connected. And so while we knew it was not realistic to have her read the book because it's not a book that it, for her, she'd find interest in spending time with all the other activities she's got to schedule and organize herself on. The quiz mm -hmm. was completed within like seven minutes. 
and the results were clear. And we could share with her what that means. She could share what that means. And then it just means shifting things in your home as far as your behaviors based on what you feel you need to shift. Yeah. And try so new things. She obviously was receptive to that. Yeah. Yeah. And being honest, I think, and saying, hey, what we're doing is not working. Maybe it's getting angry when we shouldn't be getting so angry. Maybe it's setting boundaries that are a little clearer. Maybe it's setting boundaries that we're all comfortable with and not just the dictatorship of it. You know, maybe it's what are your repercussions going to be? Because there are going to be repercussions for behaviors that are inappropriate. Um, what do you want them to be? Yeah. While we're still parenting and there are still or is still discipline going on, it's realistic. It, 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 it affects her deeply. Um, like taking away the car recently, we had to do that. But lo and behold, she knows why. She needed a bit of that protection. She wants her car back. One day she may get it back, but it's not going to be for quite some time. That's, it's tough love. Parenting is tough, but it sounds like that knowing the love language and the importance of communicating with your teen, that it eliminates that sting of the fear, the argument, all of those things, because you, it's, it's like you set the boundary. Right. There's clarity. Clarity. You are so right. Clarity on how the household will continue. When they're younger, you make it super clear. You're teaching them the boundaries. You're watching over them. You're really imprinting yourself. It never goes away, but when they're older, you have to allow them to start to make those decisions on their own. They have to make and take those risks. That is nature's way of allowing them to leave the nest and go on into their own adulthood. But somewhere in there, Sometimes you need to kind of go and pull back and say, wait a minute, maybe we do need to step in just a little bit more. For example, I have learned in my life that there is a reason for every behavior. In every one of us, there's a reason for every behavior. You notice something shifting with your teen whatever it may be, whether it's grades, their social aspects of life, their um, extracurricular activities, interest, disinterest. If something is shifting, I have learned, whoa, okay, wait a minute. I notice it, but I don't, but, but sometimes I've ignored it too. And, and maybe I shouldn't have ignored that and sort of deeply tried to discover what was going on and why that behavior was happening. It's a simple shift. Maybe sometimes it just takes time, but you're observing and you're watching and you just don't want to completely ignore it and be, you know, ambivalent to it because there's something going on. Mm -hmm. I can say one simple thing that just resonates with me lately is there was a time where we changed her room around and we took the desk out, didn't want the desk, didn't use the desk. Often the kitchen is the desk and the kitchen counter or the bed laying in bed doing homework recently that needed to shift 
and we don't have a desk in her room. Even with COVID, we had made a makeshift desk and she used it, right? Then that went away when COVID has started to lift and she's back in school. I realized, wait a minute, like this kid has to sit somewhere and focus. She thinks it's okay to sit in her room and have her phone next to her side, watching YouTube videos in between, chit-chatting on text, but there needs to be better taught focus time. Go back to the basics. I set up a space in the kitchen. It seems to be working right now. She's got all her cute stuff set out. It's her own desk. That's where it works for us. It's out in the living room. Again, something we taught way back when she was younger, the phone and the internet and all this needs to be in a public space in our home. Go back to that for us. That's what we had to do. She's more comfortable. She's more focused on assignments. Grades are up. In addition to other things, those little tweaks, you know, Mary? Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I love that. I was just thinking, you know, if you're listening and you have, let's say a toddler, it's, you know, start now, you know, start with those basics and they just keep evolving and enhancing as you, as they get older and don't feel like it's too late if they're a teen and you don't know their love language and now you're going to learn it. I think the key thing that Jessica is really talking about too is communication. That's what I hear loud and clear. Be clear. Having the clarity continues to build that strong communication. So I know you mentioned earlier about her love language um, being touch. So I'm curious again, did she always know that? She had said that years ago, and I remembered it in a conversation we were having when we were teaching her the concept. And then recently, when I, when I simply asked her, and she said, yeah, I'm touch. She knew right away. Then she took the quiz, and it was affirming that, she, yeah, she's still touch. Yeah. You know? Um, and then it was, okay, well, then we're all going to work on just being a little more connected that way. And I physically touch her more. And talk about that because, you know, people without having a close relationship. So here's a great example. So you have this, sounds like you have a a good relationship with your daughter. And so what if there's a family out there, parent listening that says, well, I'm not that close. Okay. Maybe that's her love language. How, what can I do? How do I touch her without being inappropriate? That is a great question. And I do feel like I have a really intense and beautiful relationship with my daughter. Even when it's difficult, I know she's totally there for me, that I'm there for her, that we totally love each other. She's never said something horrible. She's never threatened to leave. She's never threatened to say something horrible about me. I mean, there's some deep respect there even in all those hard times. Yeah. You know, and I honor that about her. Now she may tell me to jump in a lake tomorrow, but at this point it's been pretty darn great, even at our worst times, you know? And so, um, I would just ask, can I hold your hand? I've asked her that, like we're driving somewhere. Can I, can I hold your hand for a minute? I just want to hold your hand and say, I'm so proud of you today. Usually if you, push it into something that's going on currently. Like, and it's something that you feel you should acknowledge. Yeah. Maybe it's a grade, maybe it's a decision. Just say, let me just hold your hand for a minute and just say, thank you for making that decision. 
Yeah. Maybe it's me going in there at night, like when she was six and it's bedtime and just laying down with her again and um, saying, Hey, would you like me to read you a bedtime story? I mean, it sounds stupid, but teens are going from childhood to adulthood. And there is this back and forth in their mind of somewhat wanting to be young and then also wanting to embrace the adult that they're becoming. And when they're looking at graduating high school, like mine is and leaving the home, they're also wanting to revert a little bit back sometimes to not wanting to leave if that's their plan. And so there's all this emotion going on beyond hormone. So why not go in there and just say, Hey, would you like to lay down and talk? And we know that good conversations, those deep conversations between us humans and parents and kids and teens happen when there's no distraction. Yeah. When you're in the car and you're on a road trip or you're driving to the grocery store, when you hear those things that are weighing heavy on their heart and they shock you with something and you go, whoa. And that's when you've got to really be there for them because they're going to bring it out when they're most comfortable. Yeah. we, mm -hmm. We can't bring it out sometimes and that's okay, but we can be clearly there for them when they want to be bringing that out, when they want to express. Yeah. You know? That is so true. Just working harder, touch their, touch her knee. Sometimes, you know, I'll touch her knee or just put my hands on her shoulder when I go by and she's sitting at the dinner table, just, just little touches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's where the respect comes in. So don't be afraid to ask your child, you know, like what, what, again, what are your needs? What are your needs today? So what else? Um, would you say is helpful for parenting for parents out there to know about the love language? You know, I would say incorporate the love language with your own family values. Mm. What is your motto? If you have a motto for your family, Um, one of the things that I am proud of is that we do have a motto for our family and we've had it both verbalized and communicated and even written on the wall in a decorative design for years and reminding her of what that is always I think has been embedded somewhere in her and then remembering it now and talking about it even now is just that active reminder so maybe we should all be checking in a little bit with what do we value and make sure we're living that day to day. If you value communication in your home, like you mentioned, then live it, be it, breathe it, feel it. Communication is verbal and nonverbal. I may look like I'm angry with you and be saying something beautiful and loving. So be aware of your nonverbal also. Mean what you say. If you don't feel good or you're feeling disconnected or off, say, I'm having an off day. So you express. Yeah. You know, just like your kiddo, your teen, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be where we're at in their emotions either. We have to give them that freedom and grace to be a little off or not wanting to talk. But then at the right times, we have to be able to connect. It's a tricky balance. Yeah, it, that exactly. It's a tricky balance. 
But if you give up and you don't try because you feel like, well, that's not going to matter because she didn't listen or didn't care yesterday or this morning she was in such a, you know, stinky attitude or, or something, that doesn't mean that that hasn't shifted for her. Right. Like, don't give up. Yeah. Well, and we have to be um, aware that we're all going through something and sometimes they want to tell us but they're trying to process it themselves. Yes. Like maybe they're in between these love languages and they don't know, like, like your example, touch was hers in the beginning, but maybe right today it's not. I just need to hear some affirmation. And I love what you said about just, you know, may I hold your hand? I want to just tell you how proud I am. It's those simple things, but always start out small. You know, it doesn't have to be this lavish jump, Um, Mm -hmm. but just doing one thing or noticing one thing. But I love what you said too, about the communication and respect that goes a long way for all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, why would we treat our teen any differently than we would our partner, right? Or our parents or our neighbor or our best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they need us to be the disciplinarian and the parent and the protector. We've got to have their back, basically. Yeah. And if I don't know where she's at or what she's doing, I can't have her back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and another thing I've learned is that our teenage brain, not getting all clinical, mm. but it is not a fully developed adult brain. Yeah. And you can study that as deep as you'd like to. But the truth is for females, the brain is not fully developed until 26 to 28 years old. Now we know that. And for boys, it's like 30. Wow. So their decision-making is not at the level that ours is. Mm -hmm. There is no consideration for ramifications often because of the chemical dopamine in their brain. And so that alone, we have to remember they're coming from a completely different physical state of brain development than we are. And that I cannot connect to on a regular basis, but I know it's there and I know it's true. Yeah. It's just really hard to remember and give them that space sometimes. That's a very valid um, and important um, awareness to make for our audience is the brain development. So if you as a parent are getting more frustrated because they're not doing what you want or responding the way they, you know, you want, you have to remember their brain is not developed at the level that we are as adults. Correct. And that's a healthy brain. Then you might go into kids that have come from some very big traumas, right? Or diagnoses that's a whole nother topic and we're not really into that today but you know then you have to account for that and those parents they are living that they are aware of that they are looking at things with a different approach yeah we all are and so we can keep it really simple right knowing their love language (laughs) yeah and you're right yeah sometimes it goes back to that yeah keeping it simple less is more. Yeah. Jessica, you mentioned family motto. What is your family motto? Our family motto since 
our daughter has been very young is love, trust, and communication. A very simple motto that we wanted to start incorporating into our conversations and our behaviors when she was young, so that when we got to this point as a team, we might be able to parent a little easier because we'd already have this baseline, right? I think it's worked. So Jess, can you share with the audience different tips of using these love languages for a teen? Yeah, without quizzing them, pay attention, I guess. You know, do you notice that your teen likes to send you a love note or make you a gift or buy you a gift? Um, that's a gifter, you know? Um, gifts don't have to be purchased things. They're receiving something that's heartfelt. They're physically giving you something. They're sharing something with you. And then quality time, like does your child just, or your teen just really love when you sit together on the couch, when you share in a walk, when you have conversation, when you are sharing and undivided attention, you know, basically, you know, do you notice that more? And then the words of affirmation, you know, does your teen tend to affirm other people with a lot of positive words? Is the verbiage important? Do they need that, that support in a verbal way? I guess maybe a way to say that. Is it really very verbal for them? Mm -hmm. You know, through words. And then the physical touch, that's a little more obvious. And then acts of service. Does your teen show up and do the dishes when you don't ask? Do they vacuum? Are they making sure that they might help you with the groceries when you come home? You know, are they serving you in one way or another? Yeah. That, and that might be an act of service, kiddo. Yeah, I love that. So I didn't think of that before when I was talking about love languages, because I was looking through more relationship adult relationship, but I love what you said. Like, is your teen just jumping up and doing chores around the house or helping you with groceries coming in? That's huge. Yeah. If they're doing these things. They're saying these things. That's their love language. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need to pay attention to as parents is that is the way they want to receive it it is it is yeah. so if there if your child is an active service personality type or that's their love language because you know that they like to step in and kind of help you in the kitchen or that that one that's kind of without being asked kind of serving people mm -hmm. then you might want to serve them a little more by offering to do a little this or a little of that for them you know how can I help you today? Are you feeling overwhelmed? You know, maybe you need to help them with calendaring their day. I know it sounds crazy, but as an adult, we are very calendared. Well, they usually are too. And do they use their phone for their calendar? Maybe they need to be taught some tips. Maybe the family needs that calendar out and updated on a daily or weekly basis. So everyone's on the same page, supporting one another with rides and meals and love and time. Like maybe it's just reevaluating how you even calendar your days together. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. I know we had to do that. That's why I'm thinking about that mm -hmm. because 
at some point you feel, well, she's old enough. She should be handling this on her own. And maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like I needed to pull back a little and give her some support. And every Sunday she writes down on this really cute weekly planner, something we can all use. And it has helped to support her. What would you say are the key elements to understanding those different stages of developing their brain? There are really three ages. There is our chronological age, Mm -hmm. the age of which we were born. Mm -hmm. There is our developmental age, which is the development of our brain and or physical body. And there's the street smart age where we know or can tolerate and handle and decision make around adult issues. The street smart age can be different for every person and every teen and their developmental age is not always their chronological age. Yeah. That's really, really key information. Don't assume every child is 18 in years and 18 in mental development. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of great information. Thank you. Well, we know our own kids best, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and so when you're talking about whether it's biological, adoptive, kinship care, um, you name it, our kids and our families are coming together from very diverse situations and histories and traumas. We all go through trauma, every one of us. And your trauma is different than my trauma. And that's another aspect to raising teens. Yeah. What's what they're going through each day and what's, what's their own traumas, you know, that they're working through too. And that, like you said, it's another topic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what would you say your top three takeaways to share with parents out there about love language? Have the tools in your toolbox, as they say, Mm. what tools work for you and your family? It could be as simple as making sure everyone has enough rest in the home, connection in the home, meals together. What are your tools? You know, is it an activity that you need to start up together? That might be something new. I believe in being out in nature. Sometimes it's hard to get my teen out in nature with me, but I think it's important. Mm -hmm. You know, what are your tools in your toolbox? I think that's for me an aha. What, What would you say is an aha for you? Yeah, I love that. Um, for us, um, eating together as a family has always been um, important. And what I love about that is it was instilled into my life growing up. And I carried that tradition, if you will. Um, and even now, I mean, we're empty nesters, and we still eat together. And when any of the kids come home, we still have that bond. And it, although dinner's over, we're still having that conversation, which I love because you can really tap into their love language through those conversations, which is really cool. Tap into the tools in your toolbox and your family. Mm-hmm. That's huge. It is. And those tools, getting back to love language, include what that person needs. Yeah. So if my best friend is a gifter and I know that she would never miss a moment to gift me something, then I need to gift her back. Yeah. Yeah. 
with a gift, whether yeah. it's homemade purchased or, you know, something. She needs that gift. Yeah. And that's what those tools include is what needs to fulfill, what would fulfill their love language. Yeah. And two more things that I want to highlight. And I want to add to that is ask for permission. Don't forget to ask for, for permission. And what do you need today? Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. And if I could add one more. Absolutely. Coming to my mind, because I'm the worst at this, I will admit this. I need to drop judgment. Ooh, drop judgment. Mm -hmm. And you know why? Because, and I'll speak only as my relationship is with her. As much as I love and adore who she is, there's judgment there. Oh, you're wearing that. Oh, your hair is like that today. Oh, you've got eyeliner on too thick. Oh, you are hanging out with this person. Well, why did you choose to do that or this? It sounds horrible, but that's just the surface of it, right? You can get so much deeper in judgment on those big issues from faith and identity and block, you know, the big issues as parents, we're very judgmental. Yeah. Because we kind of have to be, we want to keep our kids on the straight and narrow. We want them to follow our beliefs. We naturally kind of start that, but how do you give them the freedom to be who they are? Yeah. To wear what they need to wear. I really admire those parents who allow that while at the same time, keeping them successful and being the best they can be. How do we do that? Yeah. yeah. Drop judgment and maybe ask the why. Mm -hmm. you know might be why might be is this answer. important to you that's right why is why is it important to you to hang out with this person or why is it important for you to dress a certain way and allow them to make that decision beautiful that interpersonal learning yeah right what are you getting from this person yeah. What are you learning from that mistake? What are you learning from this situation? What are you getting from being on that team? What are you getting from that difficult class? Having them really verbalize and communicate that will open up their own learning, will open up our own understanding of what they're going through. And it goes back to the communication and the honest, open love and discussion. And when you start doing that more again with your teenager, yeah, I think it's a bit profound what you're going to hear because you cannot assume that's another thing. I make assumptions. Yeah. And I'm not usually right. Yeah. That's so true. It's so important. And, and it goes back to you're naturally going to learn their love language if you just communicate and pay attention. So you had children for a reason, just love them and get to know them and embrace them, whatever their love language is. Jessica, how might our audience get in contact with you? And maybe they have a question about love language with their teen. How can they get in contact with you? Oh, thank you. Well, I have my own life coaching business as we have been so connected because of our life coaching work. And my business is called Live in Vision. 
And I love to work with an empowerment approach toward people in transition. So like, you know, the empty nesters, the folks that are becoming a caretaker to someone they love, the person that's retiring and not knowing what's next in their world, um, all those big life transitions, uh, you know, even a big loss. There's so many answers within us. Everything we've talked about with raising teens, those answers are within us. And I just enjoy the service of being able to talk with someone deeply and listen, ask some of those questions like you've asked of me today, which allow you to express what it is you really want to see in your future and in those desires. And, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be of support to one another. And I think we need more of that. Yeah. And so through live in vision, I am able to be of service and that ripple effect, mm -hmm. just like a podcast like this and all of the learnings and resources we have in our world can make positive changes. Right. Like let go of that fear so you can learn who your child really is and what they're all about and what their needs are. So such a good point. Yeah. Don't well, be afraid. Thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing all of your experience with your daughter and sharing um, your tips on love language and what to know, what not to know. I appreciate this time with you. Thank you for having me, Mary. It's been really a wonderful experience just to share in this conversation. Yeah. What um, is your website that um, people can connect with you? Thank you. It is www.liveinvision.net, L-I-V-I-N-V-I-S-I-O-N.net, liveinvision.net. My website uh, has a page where you can reach out to me through a contact, and I will happily have further conversation on this topic. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again for sharing, and I wish you the best. You as well. Take care. I hope this episode taught, inspired, encouraged, or gave you hope along your starting over journey. Subscribe today to stay connected and make a difference by sharing this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. And don't forget to contact book coach Brenda E. Cortez at brenda at to make your writing dreams come true. And if you're questioning your faith, feeling stuck, and looking for guidance and support along your starting over journey, contact me at mary at maryamarkham.com. And remember, be kind, be you, live, laugh, and love. Until next time.